Young people have and always will be a valuable part of the workforce. They bring new knowledge, eagerness, and tend to modernize the workplaces that they walk into. There are plenty of good reasons to hire young people to join your staff, but historically, our reason for hiring younger generations really hasn't been the best. For a very long time, hiring minors and people in their early 20s was something that we did not because they do great work, but because they were cheaper. And if something happened to them, well, that was just the way it was. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the disappearance of the SS Bannockburn, a ship that vanished on Lake Superior in November of 1902 alongside its crew. As I mentioned, there are a lot of good reasons to hire young people, but the truth is that not everyone hires young people for good reasons, even today. And I'm not just talking about the creepy kind, which we've probably all seen evidence of. See, the laws have changed a lot throughout the years in a lot of places. But for a while, and this is still true in some places, laws have supported companies blatantly taking advantage of young people and putting them at risk. It can be really difficult to find complete fault when you look back at some of these things because at the time it was considered normal. But as society develops and grows, we learn that a lot of what we considered normal was actually a giant, horrible garbage fire that hurt a lot of people. In 1902, a lot of families realized just how much they lost by allowing their children to be poached by certain businesses when the SS Bannockburn disappeared, taking its young crew with it. Aboard this particular ship, the crew was almost entirely under the age of 20 years old. The youngest aboard was 16. And it was kind of young all around. The captain was only 37. People believe that the young age of the crew and their lack of experience is likely what caused their ship to sink, but that's the mystery of this one. To this day, there is no ship. There is no crew. There are only mysteries. When a ship goes missing in the ocean, I think we all just kind of accept that it makes sense, right? Even if there is a perfectly wild reason, like a captain killing his entire crew, most people would treat these assumptions like nothing more than stories. Because we all know that the truth is that the ocean is terrifying, and it is very good at making people, ships, and pretty much anything, except for all of our trash, disappear. Hence why so many people commit murders on cruise ships, right? But... What about lakes? I think most of us think that someone disappearing into a lake is a little more difficult to pull off, much less an entire ship. But Lake Superior, the largest of the Great Lakes, is absolutely massive. It has an average depth of 500 feet, but it's actually 1,332 feet at its deepest parts. 
Apparently, this lake is so intense that we have actually found freshwater sharks living in it and other strange things. And in general, it is considered to be pretty dangerous to cross. Especially in 1902. Even though this ship was considered fairly young, it had definitely seen better days. In its less than 10 years of service, it had run over a shoal, which is basically a huge sandbank that is barely submerged in water, sustaining terrible damage. Another year, it hit a wall and was filled with nine feet of water. By all standards, it was sunk. But they brought it back and they just kept repairing it. By 1902, it was kind of a piece of patchwork. But after all the times it had taken serious damage and kept its crew safe, no one expected it to just disappear. The last time it was seen was by Captain McMaw, who recognized the ship and said at the time there was nothing wrong with it. One more unconfirmed report would come in later, stating that they saw the bannock burn, though they couldn't be sure. They said that during that night, they experienced the worst storm of the season that year. Then, something unexpected happened. Four days later, the boat's manager, who was not on the ship falsely reported to the grieving families that the ship was located and everyone was alive and well. They were, understandably, devastated to learn the truth. Within nine days of its departure, search efforts were abandoned and the ship was considered lost. But that isn't the last that we heard of the Bannockburn. This ship now goes by another name, the Flying Dutchman of the Inland Seas. Seven years after it disappeared, writer Oliver Kerwood wrote the Great Lakes and the vessels that plow them. His goal was to prove that the Great Lakes were just as interesting and full of old stories as the ocean, and this led him to run with a ghost story. Everyone loves a ghost story, right? When asked, he very clearly said that he was a fiction writer. He shared the tale of the Bannockburn and equated it to the Flying Dutchman, saying that it was a ghostly ship that you could see floating across the dark waters of the lake at night. Since the ocean has all kinds of good ghost ship stories, he thought that this would bring people in and get some attention. What it did instead was perpetuate a narrative about the ship. In his telling, the ship's crew went down with it, but they would not stay down for long. Instead, they made it their personal goal, with the help of their ghostly ship, to right the wrongs of Lake Superior. In his telling, the ship would appear out of nowhere, forcing other ships off their paths. Certainly sounds pretty creepy and kind of aggressive, but he insists that these sightings are a good thing. 
The ship isn't there to haunt or scare. The crew isn't there to attack or, I don't know, like, eat your face. According to Oliver Curwood, the ship appears to help other ships avoid tragedy. If you see it and get forced off your path, the ship is actually saving your life and the lives of your crew. Being forced off course means that you won't accidentally drift your way towards an unexpected tragedy. So, that's pretty nice as far as ghost stories go. Now, though Oliver Kerwood is the person who put it in a book, he is not the only one who claims to know the ghost ship that is now traversing Lake Superior. Other people have claimed sightings, and the rumors are certainly there. What's interesting and unclear is I can't tell if the rumors started before Kerwood published his chapters. Was it a local rumor that he turned into a scary story, or did he write this fiction piece and plant that seed that would grow into an entire tree of recorded sightings? Basically, did he make it up? Or is it possible that he just put a local legend under a magnifying glass, causing more people to claim their own sightings when they visited? I'm honestly not sure with this one. But no matter how great of a story it makes, the fact remains that 21 young people disappeared without a trace and were never recovered, leaving grieving families behind. I guess if I had to pick an ending, I do kind of prefer the one where that brave young crew is stepping up to save other sailors from meeting their same fate. If there's one thing that young people are great for, it's helping us to steer society in new directions often for the better. Next week, we will be exploring more interesting cases from listeners who have sent in some amazing suggestions. So, if you want to know what kind of stories the community knows, be sure to tune in. It is going to be a lot of fun. And of course, if you want to discuss ghost ships, the ethics of hiring young talent, or how stories can generate interest in new places feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys.